haven't done an icebreaker question in a while. So I want to present this to you because it came to me a couple of days ago, and I wanted to ask you all this, right? What is something that you have no problem overpaying for? It could be something that, like, something that, you know, like, yo, like, you would really pay $25 for Yes, I would really pay $25 for this. It's worth it. Cheese. Cheese, okay. Yep. That's, that's a good answer. I like that answer. <laughs> I'm, that's for sure. I'm not mad at the answer. What, what kind of cheese? I really love French cheese. It's sometimes to get, you know, the, the top-level imported cheese, you gotta you got to pay 25 bucks for a piece of cheese. And, and where do you find said said cheeses? So cheese shops are where you're really going to end up overspending because that's pretty much all they got. Mm. And they got the good stuff, but they don't, they, you know, they're not making up a lot of money on other items. So, yeah, you could really, you could really run up a bill in a cheese shop. There's one over, uh, I guess it's technically Logan Square. It's on Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you can also go in there and spend too much money on a plate of cheese that they'll cut up for you with some meats if you like that, glass of wine. Hey, you're speaking my language. That <laughs> sounds that sounds amazing. It sounds great. No, it does sound great. I'm just I was today years old. It's not it's not that I didn't know. It's just that you don't realize it until it's actually being said. I didn't realize that we actually had cheese shops. We do. That people just that that's the whole primary thing is just to sell cheese. Yep. I would have never like I, it never dawned on me that that wow. So, so my friends and family know I'm kind of obsessed with cheese to the <laughs> point where my my two besties for my birthday this year got me a cheese box subscription. Ooh. Three months worth of, now this is cheese that comes from Vermont, but it's pretty like handmade mm-hmm. and it comes wrapped in like beautiful wrappers and uh, instructions on what to pair it with. Like you should have this cheese with a glass of red wine and some olives. You should have this cheese with some preserves and a, you know, nice uh, baguette or whatever. You that know, sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been great. So I just got my last box. I'm like, oh, sad to see that go. So, so wait, that's a, that's a subscription box, just like yes. coming once. A, mm-hmm. Ooh, I know what I'm asking for for my birthday. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it was a great gift. Okay, what about you, Cam? Oh, what was the question again? What's something that you have no problem overpaying for? Oh. I I feel like that list is a little longer than I'm willing to admit. <laughs> There's just a lot of things that I would overpay for. Um You know, probably a good steak. Steak and I think it's that's high with steak and shoes, I'll be honest with you. Like steak and a good pair of sneakers, like I'll I'll pay I'll pay. What's I'll the most pay. You, what's most you paying for sneakers? <laughs> I paid five hundred dollars for a pair of shoes for graduation that weren't worth all of that, even after the aftermarket because they were used already. They weren't like new; they were just used ones. But I needed them because me and my homie had made an agreement that we were going to wear these shoes at graduation. So the day before, I went to the store. The only ones they had were these ones. That was 500 And the reason why I'm, I say I'm still okay with overpaying for them is because, like, I easily could have sold them again, but I'm like, I love them. Like, I love them. So I'm going to keep them because I overpaid, but they're a great shoe. Love the shoe. Bread toe ones. That's my flex. Yeah, that's what I got. <laughs> so $500. I think the most I've spent is 200 Yeah, no, nah, man. We could all get into some trouble together because I could overspend on some steak and shoes as well. Yep. Hey, hey, there we go. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm not <laughs> mad at it. That's just that's not for me. For me, it, it's 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 apple juice specifically. Uh, oh God, I forgot the, the apple name juice. Of, yes, I think it's called like Martinelli's or something like that. Oh wow! It's like a glass bottle. It's not even. It's like probably about like this big or something. Like that's all I mean. Probably about like this wide ish or something like that and they go for probably about like four five six seven dollars a glass but it's so good wow see that's something i didn't know you could overspend on apple juice i didn't know listen i wasn't on board either (laughs) until somebody bought me one like yo you gotta try this you like apple juice you gotta try this and i tried it and it's just like 
This is crack. This is what wow. it feels like to be addicted to something. I wow. know. I now know. And it's, man, like, I, I I, don't get it as often as I want to because I'm trying to be a responsible adult. But, man, I don't know. I don't you, have a You might have just crossed the category of, like, easiest man to please. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie because, like, that's, like, the simplest thing. Like, I like, and I respect it. Like, I know you like your juice. Yeah. But, man, like, that's, like, like. I think we're talking. We're talking about stuff that's kind of like dangerously pricey. Like you could really go into like bad debt if you like get into this stuff a little too much. But you're talking right. about juice. I'm like, I don't know if you can go into debt or hurt anybody drinking too much juice, spending too much money on juice. So I, re- I respect it. It's just you, you've you've entered a different category from for me as most easy, most easy to please man. And I'm proud of you. Yeah, man. Like for me, <laughs> like juice has like always been a thing. Like obviously, I'm trying to be more healthier now, more conscious about what I partake in. But like. I remember being in high school and Arizona's used to be my thing. Fruit Punch Arizona specifically. I can't tell you how many Fruit Punch Arizona's I've drunken, like in that whole senior year of high school. <laughs> I it it was not healthy at all. But man, it was good. It, it was real good. But um yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Reset the Vibe Podcast. I am one of your hosts. I'm Vash. I am Cam. And today, 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 we are joined by a very, very, very special guest. Aww. We are. We are. We are. <laughs> it's been a while. We, we've we've tried to get this yeah. scheduled for a good minute now. Um, life was life in, but it's okay. Life is good now. It's okay. It's all right. So, we have Rachel Sledge. Tony. You got it. Yes, that's me. <laughs> How are you doing today, ma'am? I am good. I'm so glad we finally made this happen. Likewise, likewise. Yeah. It's 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 been a while. Um so I will go ahead and let you introduce yourself to the very good people. Sure. Uh like Vash said, I am Rachel Sledyan and Tony. I well, I know Vash from uh, my teaching gig, which is I teach theater and I run the theater program at Harold Washington College here in our fair city, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I'm an actor and a director and a person. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. So, how? I guess the generic question that's gonna be the root of everything: How did you get started? In acting hmm well uh when i was little my dream was actually to be a ballet dancer and i was a very serious uh, ballet student for many years and while i was growing up uh my mom who coincidentally also taught at harold washington college in fact so did my father they met there so kind of owe my life to <laughs> this institution. <laughs> um, anyway, she she taught, she was an English professor, but she loved to teach drama and Shakespeare. And so she would take her students to see all kinds of theater around Chicago. And you know, Chicago is an amazing theater town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So from a very young age, I was going to see plays and I, I always really enjoyed it, you know. Um, so when I had a sort of career ending injury as a dancer, and I thought, oh, I'm never going to be on stage again. Well, maybe I should try acting. That always looked fun. I think I could probably do that. So that's kind of uh, when I first started studying theater. In fact, so I was, uh, I don't know how old I was, 16? Um, so I was still in high school. I took my very first acting class at Harold Washington College because when I told my mom I wanted to give it a try, she was like, oh, well, you got to study with Sidney Daniels. He's the master. And come on over to the college, take acting. <laughs> so it's just very ironic that, uh, you know, where I teach now is literally where I took my first class and um, truly caught the bug, the theater bug. That's, that's like the definition of full circle. So that's, right? that's pretty cool, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you get involved with the teaching aspect of it? Where did that come from? Yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, that goes back to my parents, too. So um, 
when my parents couldn't find a babysitter for me. (laughs) (laughs) Most of the time I would be home with like, I had older siblings who were teenagers, but when they would say, no, we're not taking her, they would bring me to work. And I would sit, and I mean little, like age four or five, I would sit in the back of their college classrooms, like pretending to be grown. I'm like, oh, I'm a college student. This is what it's like to be a college student, you know? Yeah. And it just seemed really um, grown up and cool to me. And when I, then much later in life, when I um, decided to really pursue being an actor, I thought, well, I should get a master's degree. So if I do want to teach, I'm able to teach college. I wanted the training as well, but mm-hmm. the secondary piece of getting going ahead and getting the MFA degree was to have the credential to teach college specifically. I did not ever imagine I would be back at Harold Washington <laughs> teaching college. That was a surprise, uh, a happy surprise. But um, I always had it, I think, since the time I was very small, that in the back of my mind it was something I would enjoy. And it turns out I do. So I'm lucky. Okay. Okay. What was the uh, first acting gig that you ever booked? Professionally? um, Well, right out of undergrad, uh, I joined a theater company. Um, I went to undergrad in Massachusetts in Amherst, Mass. So I joined a theater company uh, that no longer exists called Stage West, which was in Springfield, Mass. And... I mean, it was a paid gig, but barely. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, but we did um, a move to Springfield. I lived in a kind of crappy apartment. Um, we did the children's theater productions at this. It was big theater. You know, it was kind of like akin to a Goodman, but in Springfield, Mass. Mm. So we did the children's theater productions. We toured all around the, the New England area, and we also performed them on the main stage at Stage West. We understudied the main stage shows, and then we also did productions in the studio theater there. So it was kind of like professional boot camp for equity theater um, right out of college. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. So are you doing, let let me ask you this. So are you doing acting and teaching at the same time? I am. Okay. I am. So my follow-up question is, so how do you balance that? Because obviously you have your own personal life mm-hmm. and then you have teaching and then you have your passion, which is acting. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you balance all of that? Or do they all complement each other in a weird way? I do think they complement each other because I love to do what I also love to teach. So I'm always in it. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes very challenging schedule-wise um, I mean, I could, it, it, it can be no problem at all. Like, oh, you booked a commercial. It's shooting on Friday. Cool. I don't teach on Fridays. No problem. Right. Mm-hmm. It could be as easy as that. No conflict at all to probably the most complicated gig I took was, um, I was in the, uh, Midwest premiere of Ad Akhtar's play Junk at the Milwaukee Repertory Theater. So I still was teaching in Chicago Mondays and Wednesdays and rehearsing and performing a play in Milwaukee and I kind of needed a clone but I haven't figured that out yet so (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty hectic Um, what made it not as crazy as it might have been is we actually started rehearsals while teaching was still on Christmas break that was just lucky so timing wise the whole 10 week or whatever contract it was I wasn't teaching but there was a portion of it where I, I was like literally everywhere and didn't have a day off for many weeks. Um, And people were like, how are you doing this? You are absolutely crazy. But I was happy. (laughs) I loved it, you know? Yeah. I got to do what I loved all the time. It was great. Now, let me, oh, sorry. Um, What's been your favorite um, place to to work, the theater or on film? What's been the, what's been your preferred? That's a good question. Maybe not preferred, but the one you've enjoyed the most. It's such a good question, and people ask it all the time, and I never really have a great answer because they're so different. And I really appreciate both forms. 
the thing about theater is you have a live audience that you have a relationship with. Mm. And so you are responding not only to the other actors on stage, but you feel the energy of the house. You feel what, what's coming mm. at you. You're responding to that. And you get to do it over and over again, and every night's a little bit different. And you build relationships with your collaborators that are deeper than a, a lot of times than in film or television where you're not working with people in that extended time period. So I love all of that about theater. But the camera is fun because it's it's so perceptive, different than a live audience. It's like it sees right into you, so it feels a little more like uh, intimate in that way, in the way you can relate to your fellow actors can be very intimate. You don't have to worry about your voice reaching the back of the house, you know, it's just, it's more intimate. That's, that's the best word I could say. So I really, you know, appreciate that too. So it's hard for me to answer that. Um, and I've been lucky that I, I have favorite roles in both genres, so. Okay. So you said you had favorite roles in both genres. Let's look at the opposite side of that. So mm -hmm. what to you, in either or, either stage or um, in film, what was the most challenging one or one that you didn't particularly like for whatever reason? Mm. That's a good question. Let me think about that. Mm. Challenging or I didn't like. Um, I'm trying to think of something that's juicier than just like commercial acting is pretty ho-hum <laughs> you know like gotcha. I appreciate the the paychecks I've cashed over the years but it's not very exciting so there's that and I used to do a lot of commercials so again appreciate the, the paycheck but never really felt uh real excited about those gigs um but on a deeper level well, I played a character uh in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner you know that old classic movie mm-hmm so mm -hmm. there's a play, a mm -hmm. script version of it, and uh, I was in a production of it at Court Theater in Hyde Park a few years back. And I play the character everyone loves to hate, Hillary. She is the assistant to the mother of the main family. The Well, I should say there's two main families, of the white family in the story. Because, you know, it's about in the 60s, uh, this young white woman brings home her boyfriend who's black to her meet her white family. And mm -hmm. then his family shows up, and it's all about how does this work, right? right. So Hillary is uh, the most overtly, obnoxiously, disgustingly racist white character in the show. Mm. And everybody hates her, and she's, <laughs> and she's comic as well. So you laugh at her, you hate her. That's the whole point of her existence mm -hmm. in the story. Yeah. Um, right. And that was challenging for me to take on, you know, um, I hated Hillary too, but I had to find a way to think like her and talk like her as the character, you know, within the context of the play. So that was that was that was tough. That was a tough one. Okay. So the so the prep work that you do for the characters, it can be a little bit challenging or uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. depending on what kind of character it is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And in some ways, you know, it's fun to play the villain. It's fun to play the person everybody hates or it can be. But it can also be uncomfortable to have to think like that person because in my mind, that's what acting is. You know, you, you can't just speak the words of this character. You have to know what they're thinking behind the words. You have to get inside their mentality, their worldview, their perceptions. So, yeah, it can be uncomfortable if you're like, I really would never want to be this person. I don't want anyone to think I am this person. And why is she like that? What is she thinking? What are her intentions? You know, you, can, you have to go deep inside it. You can't just sit on the outside and judge <laughs> oh that's dope it sounds like it sounds like a puzzle kind of almost mm. sort of like just trying to figure out 
the different pieces or whatnot just to make the whole puzzle. That's that's nice. I never I never considered or never thought about acting in that way. That's dope. It is like a puzzle. I I never thought of it quite that way, but it is. It's figuring out the puzzle pieces of a person. Okay. Okay. So I'm gonna ask you this now. Um is there a specific dream role for you that you have not done yet that you want to do for any type of production or any kind of film or something like that? Mm. Like if, if, if you had Hollywood at your door and yeah. you could do anything that you wanted to do, they said, yo, whatever <laughs> you say, we're going to go ahead, character, the money, everything is good. What does Rachel want to do? Oh, wow. Not like I haven't thought about this. Um, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to make me seem real, like, lowbrow, but honestly, I would love to play a character like Carol on The Walking Dead. Ooh. Okay. I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Why? Why is that? So... Carol starts out as the kind of character that I often play. She is centered around her identity as a wife and a mother. She happens to be in a very abusive marriage. Uh, I, I haven't necessarily played that, but when I look at the way I'm cast, it's, it's, it's often in that vein. Then, though, she turns into a badass. And she is just a fierce and a little bit crazy, you know, uh, warrior and defender of her tribe, basically. Mm -hmm. And I would really love to be able to go on that journey because typically the roles I play, they, she, they don't evolve into right. the badass. <laughs> they stay in whatever way located in that kind of domestic identity. And I just think it would be an incredible challenge and fun to go on that type of a journey. And like get to do combat and stuff. I never get to do that either, you know? No, definitely no, I, that's, no yeah, fight choreography and everything like that's, I, I've always really admired that about films and TV shows cause like my mom, like she showed me like martial arts films when I was a kid. Mm. So that was like my jam for so long, you know, yeah. Bruce Lee and, and, and Jackie Chan, Jet Li, like all of that, like that was like my jam. So like I was always interested in uh, the fight choreography with the, the films and everything and just having a, um, a marriage of, yeah, it's acting, but at the same time, you gotta do some, some fight choreography and just making all of that collab together to make one Badass film, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a lot of training and a lot of work, but I just think it would be so fun. Now I know you do more than just than just acting. You do. A f I think you s your uh, website talks about you being director and doing some other things as well. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you teach as well. Uh, if you were to pick another medium to create within, what would that medium be? He's asking a good question. See, my questions is all like, no, I'm, they surface level. He's he's he's, no, he's no, no, deep, no. man. He's You're, deep. So you mean outside of like theater, TV, film, like yeah, exactly. Different, different, different media. Exactly. Hmm. I'd have to say, writing. I've dabbled in in writing, kind of all through my life, and I love to read probably the other form of storytelling that I appreciate the most. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'd have to say I would, if I could, I don't believe I would have this at all, but if I could write the you know great 21st century American novel, shoot, yeah, I would do that. And so then would you say that that would be like, you would want to do something in, in fiction or fiction? Like fiction? Gotcha, okay. Yeah. I love stories. You know, that's what draws me to everything I do is I just, I, I love stories. I love yeah. experiencing them, telling them. All right. I'm not mad at it. I, hey, I'm a writer myself. I already know. I, it's, it's, 
it's amazing because I look at it from the other. I look at it from the from the opposite side of it, right? So when I was writing my book, like I just imagined it, whether it's on a stage or film screen or whatnot. Like I could just imagine the characters and them being played by actors and everything like that, and just coming at it from that point of view. But you said, you know, if you weren't able to do the acting thing, you'd want to be a writer and everything. That's that's. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is, right? You get to imagine it from start to finish and have, as a writer, mm-hmm. especially I think as a writer of, you know, uh, a novel or a short story, that kind of format, you have the total control, which is scary to me because I'm so used to being a collaborative creator, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, but exciting too. Like you could, yeah, I get it. Let me ask you that question, Fred. Since you, I'm sorry, Vash. Uh, <laughs> if as a writer, mm-hmm. what would be your different medium to create within? It's 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 gonna sound like an, an easy uh, uh, a cop out kind of answer, but uh, an actor. That's that's so. When I got to Harold Washington, it I did not have the best of times. It wasn't because the school was bad or anything. It was because um, I told them what I wanted my major to be. And then they brought us into a classroom where we were on a computer picking our classes. And they had like one person running around helping a classroom full of like 50 or 60 students trying to pick classes. And I'm sitting here like, so y'all aren't gonna do this? Like counselors, like high school, like I have to pick my own classes. So I thought about it and I was just like, well, all right, let's look at what I need, the requirements, right? So I had uh, written down like what classes that I needed, but there were also classes which I could have just took whatever type of class I wanted to. And then I saw your class because, hey, I've done some acting in the past, some stage plays and everything else like that back in high school. And I loved it. I loved the idea of taking a character that's given to you and embodying it and like putting it on stage to perform or behind the film, behind the camera and and shooting all of that. Like that whole aspect to me, it felt natural, felt great to do. But my journey went more towards the whole writing aspect of the arts mm-hmm. instead of the performing arts. Well, I guess me performing poetry is part of performing arts, but the acting side of it, um, that's definitely something that I would have, well, I would want to do if this wasn't my thing, if writing wasn't my thing, yeah. And it might be a tightly kept secret, but Vash is a talented actor. Ooh, that's this is new information to me. Okay. I listen, I I thank you. I will accept that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um yeah, it's it's like I said, like it's it makes me happy to actually do it, you know, just to be able to take something especially when um do you remember uh do you remember the project that you you probably don't. Um it was a lawyer scene. Um, was it from Scam? No, it wasn't from Scam. It was something that, that Kerry Washington was It in. was from Race by David Mamet. There we go. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, it was me and two other classmates, and we were uh, there. Like, we worked on it. We went to the library and everything else and worked on the scene, worked on memorizing everything else like that. But I just remember, like, it wasn't something that uh, I picked. It's something that you gave to us, mm-hmm. and we had to act it out. And just doing that and having the fun and, and uh, looking it up on YouTube, see how the stage plays version of it goes. I'm like, okay, so I see how that's going. How can I take that but still make it my own and then present it to the class? Like all of that, like like I said earlier, like the puzzle aspect of it, like Tetris and things like that, I don't know. Like it just does something to my brain, you know? Like it just gets me into the zone. So, yeah, like it's – yeah, acting is, is dope, and I give it up to everybody that, that's able to get on that stage and, and do that, especially at a high level, because that's not something easy to do. 
as, as you've explained a little bit earlier, like there's some challenges with that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and it's the mark of a talented actor to realize that real quick. You know, I think a lot of people watch TV and just think, oh, I could do that. What's the, that's easy. You know, <laughs> uh, it because it looks like just people living their lives. But to get to that is quite a lot of work and a puzzle, you know. Um, but, yeah, I remember you doing very well in acting class. Thank you. So before we, before I forget, right, so before we get to anything else, so I just wanted to say to you personally, face-to-face, Thank you for being a dope teacher. Thank Aww. you. Because I, there were things going on personally that was rough outside of school, and I was mm-hmm. struggling a bit. Um, and I remember you pulling me to the side and talking to me. You didn't have to. <laughs> Believe me, there are some professors, because I had some professors and teachers there at the school that were just like, yep, uh, we're after class hours. I'll catch you the next time and catch me at office hours. That's it. Like, that's yeah. that's what I have time for. I don't have time for anything else. But um, you went out of your way to speak to me um, with some encouraging words, and that did not leave me at all. So thank you. I appreciate you. There's, there's only a handful of teachers in my whole academic life that I can actually say had a lasting impression on me. Um, I still keep in contact with to this day and everything, and you are one of them. You're going to make me cry. I'm almost crying <laughs> telling you this. Oh you going to make me cry, shoot. I'm, we're all going to be crying. It's okay. It's all right. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I definitely wanted to, to, to say that, to give you your flowers and all of that. Like, you just amazing. I amazing really person. I really appreciate that. I really do. And, um, you know, I – I really do love teaching, and I really do strive to be that teacher. So when I get the feedback that I did, you know, touch somebody's life like that, it just really is very, very gratifying. So thank you. Yeah, no problem. I try listen, people, you don't know, you probably will never know the exact length of your, uh, your reach to people, your influence to people, whatnot like that. But I feel as though as a person that's in the arts, that does, you know, some little public speaking here and there that speaks encouragement to people, just to be able to get that kind of feedback back to you, just like, yo, like what you said actually mattered. It Mm -hmm. helped. What you're doing, it matters. Like that's, sometimes we need that reassurance, that, that, that confirmation to keep going, to let us know that, you know, yeah, what I'm doing, it, it matters. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, you know, I know I'm not supposed to have favorites. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, you were just a delightful student to have in the room, and I saw your, your talent and your gifts and all that right away. Um, and it's really cool to see what you're doing with it all now. I mean, Thank you. That's very satisfying. <laughs> Thank you. I, it's, it's man, because, even, sorry, even looking back at it then, because uh, I believe I was in your class around 2015 or 2016. Mm-hmm. A lot of different things going on. I didn't think or have any type of idea I'd be where I'm at now. Yeah. In terms of what I've accomplished. And, um, like, a strong reason behind that was being in your class being in your class it uh it kind of awakened the creative juices that were there Mm, because beforehand i think the last time i was really doing anything creatively was probably 2010 2011 ish Mm -hmm. something around there so Mm -hmm. after that like it was just dormant like i stopped um but being in your class and reactivated all of that, it's like, yo, like, I'm having fun creating. I'm having fun being back in the arts again. Yeah. You know? So, like, it's it's more than just your class because there's a lot of teachers that teach classes, but the person that actually does the work uh, 
making the assignments, grading, teaching, leading, encouraging, all of that good stuff, all of that hard work that you do, it does not go unnoticed. Thank you. Thank you so much. For sure. For sure. So to open it up uh, a, a little bit more, um, and we can stick with the theme of, of film, movies, and TVs and things like that. How do you both feel about a bunch of remakes being made and mm. not necessarily enough original things being made? Mm. Does it bother you? Does it not bother you? Is like, eh. Mm. I don't know. I don't think it bothers me as much. Um, I think they both have, have value. I like the idea of reimagining something. Um Especially when you're reimagining it in a, in a current time, rather than like trying to do it like like today, but it was part of that same period. Mm-hmm. Um, both are both are cool, but I think I like those ones where they're taking like, okay, so white men can't jump somebody to come out, yeah, uh, and that's the that's the so that's the most recent one in my brain when you ask me this mm-hmm. question. Um, that trailer don't look bad, by the way. It doesn't. No, it doesn't, and it looks different, and it looks much very much like what's what it would look like today, rather than looking like what it would have looked then. Which is like I like that. Like I, I enjoy I enjoy seeing those kind of reimaginations, um, but definitely still value original creations, um, or even original creations that have elements like um, what do you call those? Like spin off spin off kind of things. Like I like those when they're done with done not trying to emulate what happened before, but trying to create another story arc from what happened in the previous thing, um, and so. I think that that there's definitely a realm where like where the reimagine is as long as they're reimagining anything I like it but if they're just recreating it for a different like like okay so there's a, there's a show called Night Court and they're doing a new Night Court thing I'm not loving that I've watched like two episodes and I'm like I don't I don't see I just feel like we're kind of going back to do this thing because we know this had this had money this got money for us before we're just gonna do it again mm-hmm. um, and so there's a difference between the two but I definitely think that there's a por- portion where there's a line between like just just redoing and reimagining and the reimagination line is where I kind of stand and I like it and enjoy it. Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's there's value in reimagining something or taking a seed of an idea and doing something different with it versus just let's try to make money on something that was a hit 30 years ago because we don't have anything new to say, you know? No, that makes sense. Uh for me For me, I'm on the fence about it. Um, I have no problems with remakes in general. That that's fine. Some of those remakes I have not seen. Same. You know, I'm not always interested. Right. Either I'm not. Either I wasn't interested in the time that it originally came out, or I was simply too young. So now it's being introduced to me, and even though it's a remake or whatnot, it's new to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's just some things that. I don't, I don't know, you know, like to your point, Cam, you said that, um, you brought up like white man can jump, you know, like reimagining things and stuff like that. They're making a live action Moana Mm. and the sequel hasn't even came out to that. Sure. And it's like, do we, do we need this right now? Like it, it, it literally came I, out a couple of years ago. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of the mindset that all of these uh, live action ones that Disney are doing are kind of just money grabs. It's oh, like I agree. Fa- yeah, it's like, it's like oh, we made a really good movie that you guys all liked. How what if we did it and real people were in it? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, sure, but that's not why. Like I hated the Lion King live action. I wasn't just about to say that, and that's because like you can't re like and you reanimate in a realistic way the colors that Lion King had. That's what set it apart. It was so colorful and so beautiful. Um, even to when you get to the elephant graveyard and those things, you know what I mean? The hyenas and all that stuff. There's just a different, like, color with all of that. And you can't put that in a movie, like, in a live-action and movie. They, and they cut and some of the songs from that, too. Also, I'm just going to go on a rant a little for, for a second. Go ahead. Okay? Go ahead. Okay? You can't make lions have emotions. Like, real lions can't right. you can't put emotions on their face. Okay? And then the last thing, um, I'm not a Beyonce hater. Oh I just want to be very clear. Okay? <laughs> But when Beyonce played Nala, it was the most disappointing thing because up to that point, I felt like there was a suspension of reality that I really believed in. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't love the movie at that point, but I was like, okay, I'm here. I'm present. I'm suspended from reality because this is what, like, art supposed to take us to to these places, right? 
And as soon as she like came onto the scene, it was like Nala, and I was like, no, that's Beyonce. <laughs> like that's Beyonce. There's just just like yeah, like I can't believe it's you. That like, you can't believe it's Beyonce. Me neither, because that's yeah, Beyonce's playing this line. That's not Nala. Like there's just no way around that piece. And so that was my other gripe with that movie. I just kind of felt like there wasn't a. I lost that moment of the spending of reality, and for the rest of the movie, I was just kind of like, mm, like I'm here now. But so, so, but a lot of the actions in general, I just feel like are just money grabs. Yeah, no. I, to, to add on to that money grab thing, I think Beyonce being attached to that was just to create more hype around the film for you to go see it. Sure, because she has a large fan base. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know what I mean. But when you actually saw the movie and saw the performance or heard the performance, it's like. It's it. I don't know. Which not to be that guy, but I'm pretty sure that's her last acting credit. Like other than the the uh, Blackest King, I think, or something like that, or like the thing she did for for Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't think that she's acted or anything since then. Which, like, it's all cool. Again, I'm not a Beyonce hater. I just noticed that like she has such a iconic voice that like if she even even if she wasn't the greatest actor like that, I think if her voice wasn't so iconic, maybe it would have worked. But she's she's way too iconically Beyonce, and you took a character that's I kind of get her own right for Nala for this iconic movie, and then paired them up too much, and it just didn't. It just didn't add up. Do you think that her iconic voice would be more? I guess it would be better, or it would have you more suspense of disbelief if she were to act more. Like, would it water it? Down? Like the iconic voice, obviously, it's going to be iconic, but would it water down like the whole, your whole mental? picture when you see her or hear her in some type of movie be like oh well that's Beyonce because that's Beyonce but if you saw her a lot like like you're saying can she ever escape the reality of being Beyonce for us to be suspended in reality to watch her yeah I think it's possible if she's if it's if it's her as a person Mm. and stuff like that I think it's just more much more possible than in a voiceover setting you know, what I mean? because because she makes music, right? So all we hear is her voice all the time. We don't see her acting in a crazy amount of roles. So it'd be interesting to see her play different roles. But I'm always gonna know what Beyonce's voice sounds like because I've been hearing it since 1999. You know what I mean? Like, so that's that's part. Of, I think that's part of the issue. But I wonder if she would even be interested in that. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. Because it's such it's it's such a different thing, and it's a lot of work, and just to take on a straight like no singing. You know, I'm gonna play this mm-hmm. part in a film or something, which and have to overcome everybody being like, "That's Beyonce, that's Beyonce, that's Beyonce." That I don't even know if she would take that job. Which I would say, <laughs> I, my, no. one of my favorite movies uh, is Cadillac Records, and I think she did a great job in Cadillac Records. I still think there was a hint of like seeing Beyonce in in the, in the role of Etta James, but to, to to the point, I'm not saying she's a terrible actor. Right. But again, I think it takes it takes a little bit more than maybe she's willing to give to it, or um, or like more than or she's too iconic to overcome some of some of that. But I felt like when I watched her in that role, even though I may have known Beyonce was playing that role, I still felt for the character. You know what I mean? Like that wasn't lost on me. So I don't think she's she's just a dead end. And anytime she's she's casted, I'm like this thing is doomed. I'm just <laughs> I just I'm like for for the voiceover sake, let's just not do that one again. You know? So no, I agree. I can only think of one pop star that I also see as truly an actor. There may be more, but I can, I can only think of Lady Gaga. Hmm. You know, it, it's wild about Lady Gaga is that she's been in quite a few things. Lots. Mm-hmm. And, and she has a degree in acting from NYU. A lot of people don't makes, know that. That see, makes sense. That's what I'm no, saying. No, because I, I, uh, I saw House of Gucci and I saw I recently saw Star is Born. And the star, and like House of Gucci was good, and she was really good in it. A Star is Born, I was like, oh no, she's like very good mm-hmm. at this. Mm-hmm. Like man, this was a this was a good good story, and yeah, I, yeah. So I, yeah, th- I mean, you might be onto something with that. She might be the one that can really do that super super well. Um, the only other person in my mind that comes up, which I don't know if we can call him a pop star, uh, but Donald Glover. He's the only other person mm. that, from a, from a standpoint of like stepping away from his music, which is what got him to where what, kind of what we know him for, to yeah. a certain extent. Because um, I guess he kind of came up in music and in acting at around the same time. But um, he's somebody that I feel like he's a real actor. Yeah, he's yeah, he's yeah, so definitely. he's so good. I, he's he's my personally my fa- my favorite creative of this generation. Uh, but I'm not. That's I'm not here to argue nobody. <laughs> just, just this is my personal opinion. <laughs> no, I, I, w- I wouldn't argue it, bro. Like that's that's. 
he's done a lot. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. yeah. No. He's done a lot. Yeah. What um. Got? What What are you most excited for? Like, you have probably projects coming up and stuff like that. What is the, What's the thing you're most excited to do next uh, in your career? Well, I just closed a play I directed, so I'm kind of in that like post big project quiet zone. Okay. Uh, but actually, I have uh, written a pilot script for a TV show idea that I have. Ooh. Nice. And I am excited to see if I can get that actually on screen. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, <laughs> Off awesome. the page and onto the screen. So that's, that's awesome. a big, you know, is a big thing to take on. But um, yeah, I'm excited about that. So, how long have you been doing script writing? I, you know, like I said, I've sort of dabbled in writing for all, all my life in a way. I mean, I, I tried to write a play when I was in undergrad, and I found it extremely difficult and frustrating, so I kind of changed my, my hat to directing. Um, but on and off, I've had ideas, I've dabbled this, that. And the first script I thought of developing for TV, I think I started working on that about five or six years ago. And I've taken some classes just to try to get a grip on the form because it's very specific, you know, TV writing. Um, and I ended up feeling like that idea didn't have quite the legs that I wanted it to have or I didn't know what they were. So then I came up with this more um, recent idea. The script is called, or the show is called Burn the Man. And... Um, yeah, I've been working on it for a few years. This class, that class, you know, workshops, feedback. So I, I feel pretty good about it. You know, I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a great idea. And one thing I like about the idea of TV writing is actually at the end of the day, it's a collaborative form. As I was saying, mm-hmm. I, I could fantasize about writing this incredible novel, but I just don't work like that, you know? Like, I'm ready for the script I've developed to this point. I'm ready to have collaborators. I want collaborators on the writing level, not just getting it produced. Because I just, that's how I vibe as a as an artist. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm at that point where I'm like, okay, let's get some other people in on this. Uh, script, script writing is... is for me, it, it was not easy because I, I tried writing a script as well. Yeah. I even I finished it, and I even uh, was able to record a little bit for it. Um, so it was just going to be like a little short film, maybe about like 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a different kind of animal, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different kind of, of, of animal, and I just looked at it. Kind of, sort of, how you know how you were saying earlier, how people just look at something and be like, "Oh, that's easy. You can act. Oh, that's easy." That's kind of how I looked at that from my perspective. I'm like, I write, so I it shouldn't be that hard, you know. And then yeah. I wrote it, and I was like, "Oh, oh, this is a lot more than I thought it was gonna be." Mm-hmm. And then you know, doing the drafts and the re-edits and things like that, I was exhausted, like mentally exhausted from like writing everything. It's just like, wow. So I actually have to write not only the dialogue, but like where somebody's coming in, mm-hmm. what somebody's doing, and it's just like I don't, I don't like that aspect <laughs> of it. I just want to write the dialogue and like, yeah, that that be that, you know, and like let the actors like free flow and everything and do that. That was a terrible idea. Yeah, and you can't be flowery at all. You have to communicate exactly what the shot should look like, exactly what the scene needs to look like in, like, nothing, like, real tight, you know? Mm -hmm. That's a big challenge with TV and film screenwriting to me, you know? Um, But, you know, I think it's it's cool in 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 the collaborative aspect of some writers are more oriented towards the dialogue, and they're known for, like, being really great at snappy pop and dialogue and other people are more about the actual storyline and, and plots and making it super complex and something that can go on for eight seasons and other people are you know what I mean? Be- right. So that appeals to me also. 
Um, there's just nothing more terrifying to me than like, okay, you write the whole book by yourself in a room <laughs> alone, <laughs> drinking too much coffee. <laughs> you know. So I have so much respect for you for doing that, for for for, for being able to accomplish that. It's amazing to me. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard, but um, it's it's just like you with 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 acting. Like you know, there are some challenges to it, but at the end of the day, like you you love it. Yeah. You know, like you put yourself into it, you pour your all into it, and just to see like the final product of it, you know, all that hard work and, you know, it's that feeling of like, yeah, well, like I, I did this, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. it's something that you that nobody can take away from you. You know, even if, yeah. even if it's not perceived as well as you would want it to be, just the fact that you accomplished that and you knowing everything that it took to get it to that point, for it to be critiqued. Right. Absolutely. That within itself is it's an it's it's it's, it's an amazing feeling. It is. It is. I agree. I and you know, they they say there's no such thing as bad press. All <laughs> press is good press. You just wanna be in the press. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh one the last thing I wanted to ask you, um what would be your encouragement to anybody who's trying to get into the arts, get into acting, um, you know, young, old? What would be your advice to them uh, or encouragement to them? I'm a big believer in training, mm. regardless of your form. Go get some training. Find a teacher you like mm-hmm. um, and, and, and learn your craft, you know, first. And while you're doing that, Trust your own voice. Everybody truly is unique. It's such a cliche, but everyone truly is mm-hmm. a unique specimen on the planet. And so not trying to be somebody you're not, not trying to be Beyonce, right? Be be your own uh, unique artist and self. Um, those are my two things. Okay. Well, that, you mean, no, you took my question, so I, it's... I'm cool with it. Oh, I have one more thing I would say. Don't give up. There you go. Persevere. Okay. All right. (laughs) Um, So, um, Miss Anatoni, thank you. Thank you, Bash. Thank you for being here. Thank you. This was so fun. I was so excited when you asked me to come on your show. I was like, whoa. Yeah. And just to get to see you after all these years and catch up. Yeah, doesn't seem that long, but time just time flies. It sure does. You look the same though. You look great. I've see people tell me that I look like I'm about 25, 26, and it's just like I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Me personally, <laughs> I look, I feel like I look my age, but I, hey, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the compliment. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, Cam, do you have anything to add? Take us home. Word, word. So, thank you for joining us for another episode of Reset the Vibe. Um, Take care of one another. Be kind to one another. And as always, love. All right. All right.